What is up, everybody? Episode 22 of the Will Wonder Pod. And as it has been the previous two months, for at least the next month, this podcast is brought to you by Hepius, your number one place to go for premium CBD products at a fraction of the cost. No THC, so no worries if you are drug tested. It is locally sourced and third-party tested. Again, that roll-on is money, especially when you're trying to get that bod right for the summer. Trying to avoid the dad bod, I guess, if uh, you're in my shoes. Uh, Really good for those um, sore joints and muscles. Go check them out at happiestmed.com. Use code WONDER at checkout for 10% off of your order. Once again, that is heppiestmed.com, H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com. Well, yeah, the <laughs> the um, weight loss competition, as I've been keeping you guys updated, we're five weeks in, and I have lost just barely over six pounds, while Dustin has been murdering it, and he is down 11, so shout out to you, Dustin. Uh, right now, I'm down 3-1, okay? I'm like the Cavs against the Warriors, and... I just have to have that killer instinct come back and win the championship. So we'll see if that happens. No promises, but I'm going to try my damnedest. One more week of this, and we're going to weigh in Saturday, early Saturday, because, you know, it is Memorial Day weekend, and easily one of us could get caught slipping with some cookies with some really, really good food. So... Yeah, wanted to give you guys an update on that. Uh, the weekend was fun since we last talked. Uh, had a neighborhood barbecue. You know, you live by people. You're coming and going constantly. You get busy in your everyday lives. But it, it was really cool to get to know my neighbors a little bit better, chop it up with them. My son actually got to play with one of the little girls that um, lives across the street. Every other week, she's there with her dad. She's six years old, so he had a blast. It was perfect for them. You know, time flies for sure, so to take time out and just let him play, get caught up, and actually honestly meet some neighbors was was a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to my guy Michael with the Jamaican jerk chicken, which was delicious. Uh, Sunday, as I, as I talk about losing weight, again, chicken's not bad. It is what it is. Sunday, my guy Zach and I went to the jazz game. Shout out to him for the ticket. Pre-game, we hit up Gracie's. Caught up with him, which was really nice. I haven't seen him in person in, in I don't know, six, seven months. Uh, then we walked to the arena during a fucking monsoon that came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I'm going to cover the game shortly here with Kurt. But afterwards, we were trying to, you know, get an Uber. And congratulations, we played ourselves. Obviously, we haven't been out much in the last year. The closest Uber after the Jazz game was 40 minutes away. So Zach said, hey, you ever you ever done one of these Lime scooters? And I never had, but he had. Um, you know, it was raining, it was cold, but I had a sweatsuit on. Shout out to Okito Brand for the gear. Had my hat on, also had my mask. Just as an FYI for anyone trying to go to jazz games, you have to wear your mask the whole time. They have ushers going up and down. Even if you have it off of your nose, telling you to pull it up. Unless you're eating, of course, or drinking. So, you know, I felt comfortable in the stadium. There was a lot more people than I had anticipated. 71% capacity. Uh, But in any event, going back to what I was saying about that Lime scooter, that was fun. (laughs) You know, it was probably a 15, 20-minute ride to Zach's house through downtown Salt Lake. But after you got away from the arena, it was like nobody was out. Obviously, it's a Sunday night, and, you know, a lot of you know how Sunday nights 
are here in Utah. So super fun Sunday night um, in Salt Lake City. What a time to be alive. Kind of crazy. The game, Dwayne Wade was there. T-Pain was there. I said, what in the hell is going on? Uh, but again, I'll get into the particulars um, of the game with Kurt here in just a little bit. So let's slide into some NBA talk real quick as we are in the playoffs. A lot of series are uh, or once two series or two games in while everyone else has played one game. I got a chance to watch a lot of the Bucks Heat game on Saturday, took down some notes. Uh, towards the end of the game, you had this game went overtime, as most of you all know, and I thought it was going to slip away from the Bucks to go into OT. You had Jimmy Butler driving past Giannis, awful help side D by Lopez, who just pretended to jump to block it about ten seconds after Butler had laid it in. Almost uh, sending, you know, Butler sends the game in the OT. OT stays tight. Duncan Robinson elbows Chris Middleton in the face, gets a flagrant one, and this is what stuck out here in, in overtime. So Middleton is a great free throw shooter, shoots almost ninety percent from the line, but he splits those free throws. Um, next play that the Bucks have the ball back, Lopez goes to the line, another pretty damn good free throw shooter. He's at eighty-five percent for the Bucks from the line. He splits them as well. So a minute left. Bucks up by one. Crazy, ridiculous, sloppy play. Ball bounces all over. Somehow Drogic gets it in the corner. He hits the three to tie with 20 seconds left. Uh, then Middleton, Middleton comes down, and Middleton has looked great in these two games, and he minus the free throw. He basically says, you know what, fuck it. I'm taking it over. I'm going to win this game. Shoots it over Duncan Robinson. Bucks up with you know half a second on the clock. Really, really fun game. Crazy to see the great shooters that Middleton and, and Lopez are from the line kind of choke, especially at home in that scenario where they split them. But, you know, obviously they clean that up in the second game. Bucks beat the brakes off of Miami in the second game. The most interesting storyline for me in Miami is just the zero faith they have in Tyler Hero, and it's almost like he has lost all confidence in his game as well barely sniffed he didn't even sniff the court in crunch time of game one played a total of 19 minutes had 10 points I don't know if I've ever seen a fall off like that from how he had performed in the bubble and the playoffs last year to where he's at now but again very weird um, to see that happen within a year game two he had 18 minutes four points and then again they just got whooped this might be a possible overreaction, but I think I may have underestimated the Bucks quite a bit in the Eastern Conference. That second round series with them and the Nets, we're not even going to really touch on the Nets Celtics because I think that's going to be a sweep, but that second round series is going to be tough. On the flip side of things, I think I may have overestimated the Clippers. So Clips-Mavs, Mavs win was very impressive. Luka is Luka, played great. Paul George, that first game, you're thinking, man, he looks awful in the first half, played great in the second half, but just just not enough. So that's that's going to be an interesting series and see how that you know unfolds. I just can't see Kawhi and uh, Kawhi basically losing this series, but if it does happen... The Kawhi to Miami talk is going to go through the roof. Kawhi to Miami in the offseason, that is. So pay attention to that. 
if these if this Clippers team doesn't get to at least the Western Conference Finals, I think that's a strong possibility for Kawhi to dip. So keep an eye on that. Um, Luca again, amazing. Cape uh, Porzingis not not all that great. So uh, let's see. Suns Lakers, good game. Suns win. CP3 hurts his shoulder, looks really, really off after he comes back. The biggest note I have from this game and and a couple games throughout this season involving the Lakers is the overacting of LeBron. You know, after that free throw, he falls to the ground, rolls three or four times, gets up, has to go down to one knee. Uh, Listen, I, I, um, I don't know what can be said that already hasn't been said or that I haven't said in the past, but if there is anything that keeps me from putting LeBron James as the top guy ever, it's the flopping, it's the overreacting, it's the just trying to sell calls. And I understand the NBA now is at a different place that it's ever been with this type of thing. Actually, let me take that back. I don't think it's nearly as bad as it was say six, seven years ago when you had guys like Blake Griffin, obviously LeBron, these everyone flopping it was i hated that period in time because i mean both of these dudes are built like a tight end maybe a middle linebacker so it's like no one's gonna do that to you but again we talked about when you know lebron had been poked in the eye and just sold the shit out of that and then the shoulder thing Anyways, I'll just leave it at that. I'm excited for this series. Suns win 99 to 90 in that first game. I still think the Lakers win this series, but again, very, very exciting. Uh, Hawks-Knicks series, man, Trey Young became a villain in New York quicker than Joker and the Riddler did in Batman. Hitting that three, then shushing the crowd, saying it's real fucking quiet in here. Like, that got me excited for what the rest of the series has. Uh, even Mayor de Blasio in New York came out um, in his press conference today, basically calling out Trey Young for, for in a sense, flopping and trying to get calls. So this hawks Knicks series is going to be a lot of fun. You look at the Portland-Denver series, game one, uh, Portland wins that. You, you They dominated the whole time. Second game just last night as I'm recording this Lillard has eight threes in the first half tying Vince Carter for a playoff record 32 points in the first half Um, Jokic has 25 and unlike the first game where Jokic had one assist the whole game which is very unlike him he only had one assist that first game that that can show you a lot of things about why the game played out the way it did second game in the first half Jokic has 25 four dimes and five boards Denver ends up winning, um, you know, even though Dame goes crazy. So I think this is going to be one of those series that goes seven games. And I just hope the games are more, get more competitive. I don't want to, you know, a blowout, 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 blowout. Let's, let's get these games tighter. Okay. Uh, that's about going to wrap it up for the, the NBA playoff talk to start off the pod, the intro here. Coming up, I brought Kurt back for a quick vent session for him just to get some stuff off his chest about game one of the Memphis-Utah series. After that, I have part one of my interview with Dre Rocca, uh, myself, and my my the Will Wonder pod correspondent, Sebastian, is back. Um, you know, he's been on the pod twice. We went to Dre's studio, which is a really cool spot. Had a lot of fun. 
we talked for well over three at probably three and a half hours we actually recorded two hours and some change so again wanted to split this up into two pods so um throughout the interview we talk about dre's time in salt lake all he has done up to this point in his career the salt lake music theme uh, advice for local artists the creator community here in salt lake the podcast community here as well and and a bunch of just other topics a lot of fun memories a lot of shout outs to different musicians podcasters all kinds of different uh, people that we bring up in this in this long interview so again split it up into two did have a lot of fun doing it i just wanted you guys to be able to digest it in two different two different uh, pods so the second one will come out part two will come out friday and also you know at the beginning have a quick update on um, the nba playoffs so we'll get into that but first let's get into the jazz grizzlies game one reaction with kurt Okay, well, I didn't think that we would be in this situation. In, in my head, I said, you know, Kurt and I will do the the playoff preview pod, probably have them back when second round, right before the second round starts or when it's starting to give some more predictions. But <sighs> Dylan Brooks, John Morant, and the Memphis Grizzlies had other plans for this pod. Um, so I I went to the game, but but... Kurt, I want to hear your thoughts watching it on television. I know you're, if not the one of the biggest jazz fans that I know. And and um to that end, more of a realist when it comes to the jazz. So uh now that you've had a day to process everything, you know, I'm sure you didn't eat yesterday. You probably told your wife to take your son for the day and you just <laughs> needed needed, you know, your own time. But what um what were your thoughts? Where are you sitting today? Today's not as bad as yesterday, luckily. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, yesterday waking up was bad. It was I was in a, I was in a really bad place. <laughs> um, you know, like you said, I I just like just picture me walking with sad music, rain just one rain cloud over my head. And one second though, you did say I'm a realist jazz fan. I I do have to admit when I dissect the schedule when it comes out every season, I go Yep, easy 82 now. So. <laughs> All right, I'll take that back then. Just <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Um, no, it was bad. Yesterday was really bad. Obviously, Sunday night was really bad, but today things are settling in. Some reports have come out that Donovan's not as pissed off as we all thought he was. Um, he says he's cool with it. He talked with everyone, talked to his team, talked to the team. It seems like that's settling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, you know, I don't know if I came in overly confident. I don't think I did, but, yeah. but on, on, on my pod, I go, I come out, you know, talking my shit saying, we're going to probably sweep these guys. And obviously that didn't happen. Right. Um, it, it was a perfect storm of bad things to go down, went down. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into why that is. I think right. a late scratch for Donovan did a mental number on our team more than it did the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it was, it wasn't good there yesterday, but I'm feeling a little bit better today. I want to touch on that late scratch and, and Donovan coming out and saying everything's okay now. Um, as I like to, from time to time, I like to troll um, jazz fans. And it's only because I've been picked on by them because my <laughs> team's been far, um, uh, far less talented throughout, you know, my whole life, minus the shack in the uh, Anthony years. But um, I said, you know, if everyone could bookmark this moment, 
for when Donovan uh, forces his way out to go to New York in three years. Uh, just archive it so you remember that, you know, this is part two of him being upset with the organization. Part one, obviously, being the whole Rudy thing. Um, I do think, um, obviously, as a leader of the team and wanting to win, he has to come out and say everything's okay, right? I don't want to play, uh, yeah, uh, for sure, go for into sure. any conspiracy theories or, or, or just be negative Nancy over here. But um, and hopefully everything is okay. Cause again, I love seeing Donovan do what he does, especially for the city, for the team. Um, but yeah, that was very weird. And, and, you know, it comes out that his training staff had cleared him, but the jazz training staff didn't, but man, talk about a, what the hell yeah. moment when that bleacher report update comes out, Mitchell, not playing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, yeah. what happened? And, uh, but yeah, so, um, let, let's get into the game real quick. I had been texting you while I was there. Um, and I do have that take note shirt if you want it. I don't know if you want it now because it may be a little tainted from just, I didn't wear it, but just losing the game. Um, but that's up to you. Well, if you were, I would just hang it and say, Doug brothers game worn shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the office. I'll sign it. There you go. <laughs> game one Memphis Grizzlies upset. Um, uh, so I, from the jump, it was very, very chippy. Like, so the, the tip goes up, uh, I believe it was, uh, I might be getting my timeline mixed up slightly, but. I know Ingles hit the first shot over Brooks and yeah. he hit that shot. And as he's going back down the court, he looks right at him and he's yelling. He, he said, that's all day motherfucker. And I was like, Hell yeah. I was I'm like, here for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's quick. And then the next three or four plays, everyone, everyone was just giving Brooks hell on the jazz team. And I was thinking like, man, did he slide in? not slide in a DM, but did he DM these guys or did he say something pregame to piss them off? Like, yeah. or, or they just know he's that type of player that can't really keep his cool. Um, I don't know, but you know, but the, you know, first quarter jazz are up what 10 after kind of a slow start. It we was got to, I think we got up to 14 points at one end. There you go. I think we were up. Yeah. And then second quarter, whatever happened, uh, and maybe they, they talked about it on the broadcast. I don't know, but, Watching the game, you had Kyle Anderson get into it with someone on the bench, um, and then so you know, go for, ahead. So they they did show this replay, right? So I'm sure it was harder to see from your vantage point. But what yeah. happened was Anderson kind of goes down on a foul. Did we foul him? I can't remember. Did we foul him or did we just block him? I don't think or he. Like, I don't think there was a turnover. foul. Yeah, I think it was just a turnover. Anyway, he got under the bucket. Donovan was there, and I think some words were exchanged. Mm. Um. And Trent Forrest randomly comes over and kind of grabs Anderson's wrist. Like oh. for whatever reason, it was really weird. It wasn't like super aggressive, but it was kind of like grab his wrist and like throw his arm, like get out of here type thing. Gotcha. And um, obviously that didn't go over well. And, and then all hell broke from that point. It was, yeah, I, I mean, that was, that seemed like a very, like a huge turning point of the game. Memphis turned it on after that and shout out to Trent Forrest, zero minutes, zero attempts, uh, one technical. <laughs> so he, he at least got on the that's stat a line. sheet. Yeah, yeah that's a line. Stat sheet for, for game one. Um, yeah, really, really weird. And then from there, I mean, Brooks, the first, uh, second, the second quarter, third quarter just went crazy. 29 yeah. or 27 points, I think. And then I think in the fourth, he only ended up scoring two, but Morant kind of took over in the fourth. You had the foul trouble with Conley. You had the foul trouble with Gobert and, you know, um, for as good as favors is obviously he's not the rim protector, even though he had four blocks, he did have four blocks, but yeah. he's not the disruptor that Rudy Gobert is. So John Morant was getting 
anything and everything he wanted going to the hoop yeah. those floaters. Um, but yeah, so all right, we got we have the uh the technical things get a little weird. Um one other note I just wrote down, like when Rudy had fouled out and then he just did the twirl. Don't fop. don't bring it, don't bring it up. Please oh my don't bring like, that up. A lot of people want to know. A lot of people are like, why do why why do certain people have problems with Rudy Gobert? And obviously I don't know him personally, but he just goes back to this type of like soft um attitude mentality and and yeah and it was weird because you know anderson's under there and obviously there was the dunk and then anderson's under there but why is rudy coming over to the middle and then like it was like a bear like a like a not even a you wouldn't even call it a shove it'd be like oh if i was to move my son out of the way of like hold on there's a car coming bud let's wait to cross the road it was less forceful than that (laughs) and then he does a flip Twirl, a twirl. Sorry, not a flip. That would have been that would have been really cool if we got a flip. But <laughs> a little twirl, and he falls, and then everyone's like, "He needs to be teed up." Um, yeah, and, and obviously it's like, why? Because Rudy's not even in the game, and he shouldn't have been there. Um, and it was I, just I, like, sorry yeah, to ahead. cut you off, but it no, was no, like you a, can. It was like a cataclysm of the entire game of us. Basically, when things. We went from talking shit to when things got real, acting like a bunch of pussies and <laughs> yeah, exactly. And started playing terribly. And that was just like, like the crescendo of it all. You yeah. know what I mean? Like is Rudy just flopping for no reason? It's like, like it may, it was such a bad look for us rolling over and dying. Yeah. And then that happening is it's just, I, it was so embarrassing as a fan. What, what did, uh, so the biggest thing, one of the biggest, um, things that I noticed. And I mean, I'm sure everyone noticed in the first half was Bogdanovich just being absent, not being able to do anything. And then he turns it on like crazy in the second half, like 29 points is weird in a half. But part of me thinks that our struggles offensively comes down to like that late scratch with Donovan and people's Mm -hmm. mentality. I think bogey was thinking like, okay, like Donovan's back. We haven't played together in a while. We haven't played together since I've been playing good. Like, what am I going to be? And he was, like, expecting mentally to maybe let the game come to him a little bit more. And then he, all of a sudden, two hours before the game, he has to change that mentality and force mm-hmm. things. And, I mean, he and um, Clarkson's turnovers in the oh, first awful, quarter yeah. alone was so bad. And they were live ball turnovers above the, the free throw line, just so many fast breaks. And, and that killed us. That alone is you can just pinpoint. You can pinpoint a rock when it comes down to a three-point game, like a lot of outlying things one was their offensive rebounds later in the game um again those turnovers us shooting i just saw the stat we 30 percent of our threes were considered wide open which oh my god stat that's someone six feet away from you or more so a good social distance (laughs) three-pointer and (laughs) And we shot yeah niang was one for six he had like two and it sucks because mike came out hot i thought mike Mm -hmm. was going to carry us um he came out hot and then cooled off pretty dramatically um but i think like clarkson and angles str- or not angles sorry he, he played okay yeah he did um, right. bogey struggles come down to that mental the, the flip of like all right our guy's not here now we're gonna have to try and take this on and then yeah. they were just in their own head i mean clarkson's gonna regardless who's playing is going to dribble the clock down to four seconds and then and, take a crazy yeah. shot. But. And, and, and that's, you know, I mean, he just got the sixth man of the year, which was really cool. Right. I'm sure you saw how that happened. That was fun to watch live on TNT, but 
that that's been him all year. He's yeah. either, you know, well, and you just have to expect it. And then there's going to be games where he's off, right? Which was right. that game. And my, I had a buddy text me and he said it perfectly. He said, Clarkson's great is a luxury, but not a necessity. And that's a perfect Ooh, yeah. way to describe oh, yeah. it. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to that guy <laughs> or girl. I don't know. You said buddy. It, it, it could yeah, be a buddy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I, I, I was going to, you know, I'm going to keep this relatively short. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad you're not, you know, um, I almost sent the song step back from that ledge, my friend, but I know you're, you know, you're not that type of person. Um, but, uh, one thing I wanted to know, I do hope you get to one of the playoff games. I will say this. Um, I don't know if it's the pandemic or what, but, um, man, it was kind of hard to watch the game in that arena, at least maybe in the section I was in, uh, because it was like a lot of like, I mean, you know, a lot of jazz fans are very one-sided, which you root for your team, but holy moly, it, uh, the refs you suck chance and like you know there's there was bad calls both ways i guess brooks head butted conley and i didn't yeah that was we weird didn't, bro. we didn't see the, it there at, you see the, the replay game. at all yeah yeah it's weird it was like odd yeah like like the most unnecessary like douchey thing and, yeah. and i have a, i'm on record on your pod and my pod <laughs> saying how much i hate dylan brooks and this is before <laughs> before yeah. the uh the playoff series but like What's the point of that? Are you, I don't know. Yeah. It's just a bad look. It's just like, yeah, that was, I don't know. So it, if, it was, if bad. you do something that Ron Artest would do, mm-hmm. like you need to maybe look at yourself in the mirror and be like, am I, am I doing it right? <laughs> hey, I mean, Ron Artest finally got that championship. He did. I'm not, know. that's not a diss on Ron Artest's game. Yeah. Like when he's actually, it's just the in between whistles things just weird. And it's, it, it's like you said that there's, the, Memphis is a team full of dogs, but some of those dogs are off the leash, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely uh, uh you sneak know. in a few nips here and there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But all right, my man. I'm I'm glad, you know, everything's okay. What what's your prediction for the rest of the series? I, one one thought I had and and uh concern, and and maybe it even sh- it shouldn't be, but Donovan coming back, game two, getting his rhythm back with the team. Are you worried about that at all? Or are you kind of thinking um, that just him being back on the court is enough to uplift everyone else? I think I think what'll happen is he'll be rusty and there's going to be like some weird turnovers between just the team and, and it's going to be hard, but I don't think we shoot 25% right. from three. And I think, I think the game that will be okay because I'm hoping that um, we kind of, the team as a whole got the, the rush shaken off a little bit and we're going to hit those open looks and, and uh, play some better defense in the, in the paint later on, maybe uh, knock jaw down a little bit. That's the thing is this team, I love this team. And I, I do think this is the best chance we've had to be considered a contender since, mm-hmm. since my childhood. <laughs> but we don't have that guy who's going to go in and give a heart. Like, I'm not saying a dirty foul, but a foul that's like, all right, if you want these points, it's going to cost you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you need like, like a, an enforcer. Right. Like, Something like, Crowder did for us a few years ago. Cr- yep, Crowder. I mean, you go back to the days of Stockton and Malone, it'd probably be something like Antoine Carr, who's just like, gonna get down there and just you know hit somebody essentially yeah. <laughs> just a little and a little body shot like yeah all within wait. the parameters of the game for sure for sure <laughs> but we don't we don't necessarily have that guy right now um but i do think like i think we're gonna we're gonna shoot better which is gonna entail make them try because they were getting everything they wanted in the paint but when yep. you force that team to 
to shoot with you, especially our team being the best three-point shooting team in the league. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a problem for them because they're not a great shooting team. And if they're going to try and, and catch us that way, then so be it. If I have to live with Dylan Brooks, he's not, I don't think he's going to be as hot. He's not going to be doing some crazy Kobe step back twos that are just right. hash. Wasn't even close to the rim, just straight down the middle. Um, that whole game, I don't think that's going to happen again. And he starts forcing shots. Jaw can't shoot from deep very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we're going to be in a, a little bit better shape. I would like to see us maybe switch the assignment from Conley to someone a little longer to guard Jaw. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they had Royce on him for a few minutes, but that didn't yeah. seem to work. Royce, Royce had a... He had a rough game. Missed that layup but wide open. And yeah. we I mean, it turned like, into a bogey happened? three. It so did. It, it, it turned out being okay, but in the moment, I'm like, "What in the absolute fuck is going on?" <laughs> yeah, but that was kind of like the game through the whole thing, right? It's just yeah. it felt like anything that could go wrong was going wrong. We'll call it the Murph Law game, mm. um, and then hopefully things turn around. I I do think we win the series. What sucks is we have to go win in Memphis. Yeah, um, we we lost that, but hopefully by then we we get game two. Um, and then Donovan comes back and then if we're at full force, I don't think they still have much of a chance to, to beat us yeah. in seven. Yeah. They, and th- but we did the, we did the thing you can't do with a young team that's been backed in the corners. We let it, we got physical, we let them punch us in the mouth and now they have more confidence than they probably should have, which right. sucks. That's the last thing you want to do in a one, eight matchup with a young team. 100%. And, and I think uh, one more key uh, to the series, to this next game in particular, is Rudy can't get in foul trouble. There was um, there was at least one foul that they called on him that was really bad. Like, I mean, he yeah, didn't... his sixth foul was really questionable. Yeah. But but also he got baited into some other fouls while we were yeah. watching Valanchunas. Man, for for uh, I mean, I, I think he's ridiculously underrated. Yeah, uh, and he was doing some things that like you could see. Rudy was getting frustrated. Um, and, well, and he, I don't know, Rudy just can't get into that foul trouble. Cause again, getting to the cup that easy for John ja Morant, who's a great finisher anyways, but right. you have someone like favors under there who, again, he's serviceable, but he doesn't disrupt like, uh, like Rudy does. So right. I mean, definitely can't get in the foul first trouble. half defensively for Rudy. He was like anything six feet near the rim. They weren't, they were either trying to put up or he was, disrupting that shot yep yep you know he was playing such an incredible game the first half and then the fouls started coming and we got in trouble there and it, it threw him off his game i feel like with with rudy um if his minutes get a little tweaked differently like he's mm-hmm. a, a guy a man of routine and yeah those minutes kind of start getting off kilter and he gets a little in his own head i mean the dude posts weird shit about ducks and crystals <laughs> and stuff so he's all about <laughs> juju and all that and i think <laughs> it's detrimental sometimes yeah no doubt all right man well thank you we'll have you uh i'll have you back obviously for that conjuring um review and then that i'm i'm assuming that's going to be fairly close to when the second round is yeah um, you know getting ready to start so maybe it'll just be a, a you and ipod the whole Ooh. time you know you're we'll just start paying me man Give i me know sponsorship i know i get the no, you know here's the thing I, I have some very special correspondence but you yourself, Sebastian's uh, got on the pod a couple of times, Mike. Um, the 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 one thing I was going to bring up is you and uh, Berg put out two pods. We did within a week's time. So congratulations to you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All it um, takes is uh, some some you know unta- playoffs to like, start number one, yeah. and then a, to and get then lose the game, punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look at us. 
yeah. responding. We needed a place to vent. And our our reaction pod. If you want to hear me talk about how we're probably going to lose the series, you can go listen to that initial reaction pod we put out yesterday um, to get that frame of mind <laughs> yeah. a little bit better today. Perfect. All right, man. Well, thank you. And um, yeah, again, we'll talk to you uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. All right. Peace. All right. I brought on a, uh, a very special guest live from his own studio. Um, one of the most consistent hustling individuals that I know in Salt Lake City, my brother, Dre Rocker. Dre, how are you? Hey, man, I'm, I'm living. I'm living. I'm breathing. I'm able to give positive energy to give life, man. I'm good. We're going to touch on all of that because you're, very, <laughs> you're a very positive person and I want to I get there. Also, if you hear any uh, other people talking, Sebastian, say what's up. Yo, what's happening? Sebastian's had two shots. I'm going to have to drive home. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I've been throwing these off to the side. Yeah. <laughs> He's drinking just water. Isn't that Jaden Smith shit? Jaden hey, Smith. That was a request. On the way here, I, I, you know, I hit you up. I said, is there anything you'd like? And I hit him I up. Like, nope. He goes, um, if you're asking, just water. And I was like, okay, I'll get just water. He's like, no, no Jaden no. Smith, that just Jayden water. Smith shit, just water. Because every time I say what this, the fuck? they donate as well. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking How do you about know? others. Well, that's well what they, they motherfucking better. That's what they claim it. It's like $3 a 16 ounce. <laughs> they better true. donate some. <laughs> shit. Anyways, anyways yeah. we'll get back into this. Waldo's here too. Waldo. Waldo. My guy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting us come here, man. This is... um. This is dope, man. Yeah, this is very nice. Well, I, let me let me let me start off with, with okay, saying yeah. thank you to you. Yeah, you gave me my flowers, my roses, right? Yeah. Give me my roses now. Don't wait until I'm underground, mm-hmm. right? Shout, Shout out, out to, to Gambino. Gambino. Yep, or Synchro. We know him as Synchro, right? Yeah, Nate. I know him as Nate because that's when I first in Magna. That's what I met him as, Nate Chacon. Nate Chacon, yeah. the third. Yep. Don't forget the third. And then he finds out he's. Nate isn't even his name. <laughs> He's been lying to us the whole fucking time. He was no, lied to. Um, thank, thank you. Thank you for um, actually podcasting, bro. Oh, thank you. No, thank you for believing in me. And, and you told me back. I mean, we'll get into all this. We probably met, what, 08, 09. Yeah. But you told me around 2013, 2014 that I should do my own podcast. And I always wanted to. I always thought about it, but I was like, nah. I'm not doing it. I wasn't ready. And so when I was ready and hit you up and you gave me all the advice, gave me um, pointers, just helped me out and was just open to talking to me, that was fucking awesome. So I really appreciate it. Because you've been doing it for a while, right? Long ass time, man. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of things that I want to touch on. And just for the people listening, we're not going to go in any type of chronological order. We're just going to talk. Okay. But I do have notes on my phone. So if you ever see me look down, that's what I'm doing. Don't think I'm texting somebody. Bro, that's Being disrespectful. It makes me nervous when people bring out a phone and they got notes and shit. I just try to... I got pointers. This is what I want to hit. As we're recording this, I put out 21. You'll be on 22. You'll be on the 22. 22nd episode. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sebastian. You better clap for the homie. Fuck. Damn, Sebastian. Um... But I told you, you can only call him by his last name. Nah, I'm not doing that after <laughs> what you yeah, said what it sounds that. like. What <laughs> and I, you know what? To, to be honest, I told Sebastian, I said, until Dre said that, I'd never noticed that it exactly. sounded like You would that. never <laughs> notice that type of shit. No, nah, we what, always that's did That's what Dre's like, yeah, everybody, so, my whole life, that's what it's been. My Zuniga right there. Yeah. <laughs> that Z-U-N-I-G-A. Doesn't even come out of my mouth anymore. That's I just say is. Sebastian. Um, but anyways, we, you and I met. Oh nine, ten. when me and Steady were doing a lot of shows as the strangers, you were really, really heavy in the scene. I think if, if I remember correctly, you were 
kind of fucking around doing stuff with SEM. Yeah. At the time. Young cat, man. Yeah. How did you, how did you get aligned with those guys? So, man, that happened, not to make a long story long, but we, when, when I moved back to Salt Lake in 05, um, I went to Cottonwood High and I was, uh, tried out for football, didn't work out, was not my thing. But the running back coach, Pierre Jones, um, alumni at the U, um, Omega Sci-Fi, like he's a really successful dude in that realm. Um, he seemed that like football was my thing. He asked me, he's like, yo, what's going on? And uh, he, he ended up being a substitute teacher for my graphics class, um, mm-hmm. graphic design class. And so I was making T-shirts. And um, he noticed that I was getting creative with T-shirts. Like people would do one print, but I was doing like, three or four different colors, right? Yeah. And he was like, man, you're really creative. And he was like, um, and he seemed that I was, uh, I might have had like a most deaf or, or some type of sticker or something. He's like, you into hip hop? And I was like, yeah. And then um, at the time he was um, bringing, he was bringing a lot of shows and stuff. And mm. um, he was like, yo, if you flyer these shows for me, um, I'll, uh, I'll hook you up. Like I'll, I'll get you in, in or like just get you into the entertainment stuff. And um, so during that time, I, I ended up flying four shows. It was Rihanna, Talib Kweli, Obi Trice, and Elo Cool J. Damn. This is like Rihanna upon the replay. Yeah. Right? Rihanna. Um, not super, you know, not superstar Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Um, Still and, bad, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, <laughs> during that time, he, uh, he was at KRCL and stuff. And okay. that's when I got introduced to Knuckles and... Um, once Knuckles left, uh, Roots Rocka, and like, yep. I, I was just uh, around, like not really an intern because it's community radio, right? right? There's, yeah. I mean, there's interns, but not really interns. Um, and then from there, um, I, uh, Lamb was around mm-hmm. and uh, Lamb was doing some stuff with like Knuckles and getting his artists from SEM on, like Blue was heavy during that time, have Doogie, sure. Fleetwood, um, and I, I I was like, man, I think everybody, any creative that's into hip hop has bars somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yep. We've all written some bars somewhere. Um, I ended up meeting some, some guys, um, uh, Cordero Curtis, AKA young ace. Mm. He's now, he owns the, the corner mark or the corner stop. Okay. Uh, corner store. Um, Manson, who's the owner of the palace, uh, nightclub yeah, yeah. now, uh, my other man, Stephen Chan, who's an MMA fighter, and my other man, uh, my other guy, uh, uh, oh my gosh, Travis, Travis Still. Um, I ended up meeting those guys just kind of in passing, and uh, we uh, we formulated a group called the Annihilators. This is in high school. I'm still in high school during this time. And uh, Stephen knew Lamb because Lamb and Knuckles used to do community service over at uh, Central City. The, okay. the community, uh, the fucking boys and girls club yeah. type of thing. And so we would go to Central City and we used to record there because there was a recording studio there. But we wanted to take it a step further. So we were like, yo, Lamb, like, how can we get into the SEM studios? Right. And at this time, Lamb was Lamb's done it out of his house for a long time. Um, and so Lamb was like, yo, like, um, you know, I need some help. Like, you guys can come on my lawn. You guys can do fucking dishes. You guys can help me with, you know, whatever it is, flyering, whatever. And I will record your songs. And so we're like, bad. So mm-hmm. we would we'd go over to Lamb's house and we would fucking just help him out with shit. And he would give us free studio time. And he would actually put in effort and mix and master our shit and Dope. like do effects and shit. And, That's nice. You know, and for somebody that doesn't know anything about fucking music at this time, 
it was uh it was refreshing because it was like holy shit like we're creating yeah mm-hmm. we're creating music so that was kind of the introduction to SEM and um they uh it was just dope to be a part of that because there was there was like Hef Doogie still one of my favorite artists him and Chaotic had a fucking dope project back in the day mm-hmm. that was his red I remember the cover it was red and white and that shit never left my fucking tape that or my CD player forever. Like yeah. this shit was hard. Yeah. So that was kind of my introduction to SEM was all of that. Yeah. For those who who uh I mean, we had this discussion before we started recording. A lot of people, a lot of younger dudes that are in the scene now may not know what you have came from and how long you've been doing it. And SEM was one of those kind of like a staple. I I didn't I feel bad because I didn't really mention them too much on my <clears throat> Salt Lake Hip Hop podcast with Synchro or Gabino, but um, they've been around forever. And I remember seeing their stickers everywhere. Before I was even in the scene, I was just DJing parties. I wasn't in the hip-hop scene, but I was, you know, yeah. hip-hop. Um, but anyways, like I said, I'm going to bounce around a whole lot. So I wanted to know that because I didn't know how you got involved with SEM. Yeah. But, I mean, since that time, you've... A lot of people don't know, too. Kind of, uh, sorry yeah. to cut you off. No, no. Um, Lamb lived uh, in... Um, I don't know if that, what is that? Salt, Salt Lake, pretty much down, borderline to downtown Salt Lake. Okay. Kelsey Ave, like, um, like 11th South. Uh, no, this is like, like, yeah, about 11th South and, uh, Kelsey Ave and Manson lived literally right down the street. My man, uh, Stephen Chan lived right down the street. And it's ironic that, uh, Cordero, um, young ace, mm-hmm. um, he owns the corner store that's in that same neighborhood. Oh, okay. So it was crazy because the corner store, the corner market that we used to rap at on the corner, he now owns. Yeah. Shit awesome. is incredible, yeah. man. When It's always nice to be able to look at your origin and then be like, this is, what I, th- this is where I'm at now. And for the, him to have that in the neighborhood that you guys were doing shit in is pretty dope. Yeah, a lot. I haven't of, been to the corner store. I've seen a lot of people that go there. I mean, I'm not in that area. Yeah, but yeah. he just opened up a second location. Mm. Like Cordero is is somebody that is slept on for the things that he has accomplished, man. Um, you know, single mother, and um, a lot of the things that he 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 like a lot of us just try to figure this shit out, right? Right. He was rapping at one point. Then he became a business owner. Mm-hmm. And now he found his niche with exotic sodas and exotic fucking candy. Yeah. Right. And now he's able to serve the community in a way that's not detrimental to the community. Right. Yeah. Like he could be serving drugs, but now nah, he's serving snacks. Right. He's serving you. candy. He's serving, you know, other things to help people, you know, yeah. bring that joy to their life. And I think that was dope. Sorry. No, no, no. Call no. that out. Hey, hey. Listen, anytime you want to add on to what you're saying, feel free, okay? Keep we're adding. good. It's like, keep talking. Keep, keep adding. Talking. Yeah. So, all right. Again, we're going to bounce all over. So, your show on U92, 3 to 7? Yeah. 3 to 7. Monday through Friday. Your Monday regular Friday. day job. Yep. Okay. DJing at Sue's. Yep. Is that, is it every Friday? No. So, uh, so with Sue's, it's when, honestly, whenever he needs me, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very loyal to that establishment. Um, I'm really happy to announce that we are bringing back bands mm. for a lot of time um, during the pandemic. It was really awkward because there was only so many people you can bring in right, and it didn't mean, make sense to bring in a whole band when you can only have 50 people in your establishment. Sure. Right. It didn't make sense. But a DJ makes a little bit more sense. It's, it's cheaper. Yep. It's it's uh, it just makes more sense. Right. Yep. Um, but now a bar named Sue is having bands. So 
8136 South State Street, um, the one in Highland as well. Uh, both will have bands. Make sure you go on to uh, a bar named Sue.com to find out what's going on. There you go. That's what's up. I'm going to rewind this because I want to have it all here. U92, 3 to 7, Monday through Friday. Yeah, let's get that daily your schedule. Regu- your regular day job. Yeah. DJing at Sue's. Producing a podcast, 20... 20- so 27th Seventh hour. hour. And I got some guys in Harriman that I'm producing as well. Okay. Well, uh, see, I didn't have that in my notes. <laughs> okay. Your your uh, music video reactions. Yeah. Your podcast. That's the shit. Two you, of them. You have... Okay. Yep. You have kids. Yeah. Three uh, of them. Yep. You have a fiance. Finally. By yeah. the way, it's about fucking time. Yeah. So man. congratulations. And again, I told you. Thank if, you. There you go. Clap. Clap it up. Yep. Clap Thank that you. up. Clap that up. Hey, if you, if give you, her her roses now. The yeah, way exactly. she'll be underground. Hey. You yeah. you you were waiting. Mm-hmm. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. That was good. No, it's very true. Um, and again, I told you, if you need a DJ, I got you. I know yeah. some people. Um, okay. So all that shit, all that stuff, not shit. It's it's life. It's what you do. I have two questions. Yeah. On top of all of that, one, when do you sleep? Because we're here now. Yeah. You do this shit. I just got off of work and we came here. Yeah. yeah. Two. Do you ever feel like you have too much on your plate? So when do you sleep? Obviously, that's a joke. You yeah. Do you uh, ever feel like you have too much on your plate? Yeah. Believe it or not, I, I sleep. I sleep pretty good, man. I, I sleep. I get my six to eight hours. Um, and then, man, sometimes I feel overwhelmed. But yeah. the overwhelming feeling isn't the workload. The overwhelming feeling is with the direction. Mm. The direction. What do you mean? Um. It gets it gets to a point where with a creator when you're like, I'm doing all this, but for what? Gotcha. Yep. Right. So it, it that 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 becomes a little bit of a challenge, but never am I ever like, um, overwhelmed with the workload that I have. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because of the the support system I have with my fiance, with my family, with my kids that fucking are like dad like you're going to u92 like yeah i am yeah. and are you, know, you going to record this reaction video yeah i am and i like that song and i like like my kids love k the dog right that's, that's dope and we listen as do i shout out to k yeah and we listen to every day like literally every day <laughs> and it's a such a good message so when when i have my sons uh that listen to i'm working harder every day the goals to flip the script that is shit that i want to fucking instill in them right right so them telling me Hey, dad, you're going to re- do that reaction video and stuff. It like energizes me. It's like, yo, yeah, I am. Let's go do this shit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in you asked for this shit. Mm-hmm. You better fucking take advantage of it. Yeah. Like we, we, we dream. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be very basic with this shit. There is somebody out there wishing and hoping for a callback just for a simple nine to five right now. Gotcha. That's a fact. They're wishing, they're hoping, they're praying. I need a callback for this nine to five. Here I am with two of them. Yeah. Kind of fucking asshole am I if I complain? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's somebody out there that their dream, their goal, fucking to be on the radio. We've been there. We both had the same dream. Absolutely. Let's, I want to be on the radio. Am I gonna fucking complain about some small shit, or am I gonna fucking do my best at the opportunity that I have right now? Yeah. Am I gonna worry about what somebody else is gonna say? You know what I mean? Because there was a lot of people that fucking got mad at me when I took the job. Ah, you a sellout, blah, blah, blah. It's like, motherfucker, really? 
Like you, you don't realize like yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's a tough thing. Um so I don't ever I don't ever feel overwhelmed because I I feel like I I I I I'm humbled in the opportunities that have um kind of been created um cuz I never stopped, man. Yeah. Since 05, since I touched down back in Utah, Valentine's Day 2005, I haven't stopped. I've been going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's that's one thing about you. No matter what it was, if it was a show that we were performing at, if it was someone else's show, if it was with Dog Amount, whatever it was, you were always doing something. Yeah. And throughout this whole time, you've you've stayed consistent. You may have had different partners. You may have had um, a different platform, maybe, yeah. if you will. But you've always stayed consistent and you've always stayed going. So I, I commend you on that because I, I would imagine at some some point you were like, fuck, why? Like you said earlier, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Right. But you, there's something that you love. There's something in your head that switches you to like, I'm going to stay doing this because my ultimate goal is X. I want to yeah. be on the radio. I want to, and, and you have to love what you do. Yeah. Right. To be able to do it all the fucking time. Like sometimes, bro, I need a nap. Yeah. Right. And I don't know when you get a nap in. <laughs> yeah. Now with three kids, you don't get a nap. Hell you don't. no. I, don't, I, I hardly get naps in with one. When he goes down, I nap. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I should be doing other shit, but. I, um, I, I, I echo that so much, man. And I think the reason why I, I, I do find that passion, I keep going, is because of the love of the city, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I love our city so fucking much. Like, I love the creators in our city, whether if it's the strangers, lost tribe, <laughs> lump sum, Nate, right? Mm-hmm. Like I love all these guys. Like I love these creators. Yeah. And even if they don't love me back, I'm still going to fucking give them everything I got. Whether if it's me flyering, whether if it's me showing, uh, uh, uh sharing a post, whether if it's right. me fucking calming somebody else down because there's some drama going on. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the passion. That's the love. That's the fucking I, common denominator, I guess. You're sure. a school guy, educated guy. Uh, is it know, common denominator? I'm in school, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Like, I love this city. I always yeah. have. I love our people. Why Why would, okay, There. there's um, a handful of people that I've known in my life where there shouldn't be a reason why someone doesn't like them, okay? So Sebastian is one of them. We obviously <laughs> talked about... <laughs> Some shit he did when we before we started recording, yeah. but we won't go into that. Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't even know about that, so maybe I'm looking at him different now. No, but that's not shit I did. No, no, that, we won't get we'll into just, details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're good. We're good. We're good. You can't so, hate Andre. I know what yeah. you're saying. No, but yeah. So you and my guy, uh, we did the podcast with him when you had me as a co-host a wa- a, wa- a long time ago. Jello. With when you were with Jello, but yeah. it was Big Mike, Kurt, Key One, whatever people want to call. Yeah. Him. You guys are the three people that I. I don't think anyone should ever have a problem with. You put me on that list? Well, until I figured out what you did prior no, no, to this, no, no, before no, we started recording. That's dope. I'm honored. Because but, but, <laughs> I'm on a list with Dre Rocky. You but, feel me? But, when you, but, but, but honestly, anything I've ever seen you guys do, you're always supportive. You stay focused on what you want to do. And you've never shit on anybody. Yeah. So why would someone have a problem with you? You, you, you alluded to, you know, maybe some people might have a, selling out to yeah. 92 who has a who has a problem with? You? I would say he said drop names. Yeah, no. nah, nah, nah. Don't <laughs> say that. <laughs> Takashi over here. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, I would say anybody that would have a problem with me 
it's probably because of the camps, right? We get, we get, I've been in camps. I've been in the dog em out camp. I've been sure. in the LTA camp. I've been gotcha. in the SEM camp. Oh, we're going to get to right? LTA. I've been in the fucking UT, uh, U92 camp, right? Yeah. Um, I've been with DJ Jello, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been in other, I've been in certain circles where those circles definitely had enemies, right? Mm. And I feel like I'm, I'm unique in the sense of, that shit doesn't matter to me. In, in right, my mind, I'm not in a camp, right? When I was at SEM, I was still fucking with Lump Sum. I was still with fucking Hog Boss. I was yeah. still fucking with, right, The Strength. I was with everybody, like, because that's who I am. I'm not like, um, it's us over here, fuck you over there, right? right? Yeah. And like one of the only songs that I ever fucking recorded, I shouted out fucking everybody, Boombox, everybody on my shit, mm-hmm. honey, everybody. And that's always been who I am. And I feel like if you have a problem with me, it's not because of me. It's because of who I've associated with. Right. Yeah. It's me saying, hey, I like what Dog em Out's doing. Yeah. Right. They gave me an opportunity. Without Dog em Out, I would never be where I'm at. Right. Without uh, SEM and Lamb, I would never be where I'm at. That's kind of what sure. molded me. Right. That's these are the people. These are the activities. These are the circles that make you. Right. Mm-hmm. We would have no Will Wonder pod without the strangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? Yeah. So I would say the only reason why somebody would hate me um, is because of that. And for those people that um, had concerns and was like, you're selling out because now I'm on the radio. I think they thought I would be stopping everything else I was doing. Right. When in That's reality, what- my mindset is, well, one. When, I, when you're in kindergarten, you put down your, what do you want to be when you grow up? I put radio. Yeah. Because of Jammin' 95.5 FM in Portland. That was the reason why I wanted to be in radio. Yeah. They were raw. They were uncut. They were, it, but radio back then was very different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, when people started to reach out and was like, man, like, do you know what you're doing? They're going to change you. It's like, no, because at the end of the day, I'm very comfortable with who I am. And who I am is the reason why I got the opportunity I did. Right. Right. And if anything, it's going to amplify my reach more to help our community. Yeah. Right. Nobody was putting content creators on the radio. No. Here I did. Yeah. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But people, they missed that. And I had an artist reach out to me uh, earlier today and was like, um, he hit me up and he was like, uh, you know, I would love to for you to check out this single because, um, you know, the city needs more support. And, you know, my and I'm paraphrasing, but my response to him was in um, if anybody is if anybody is um, upset about their opportunities right now, they are not driven. Yeah, there is no excuse for anybody right now. And I say that wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. Radio is not going to make you. YouTube Absolutely is not, not going to make you being on somebody's podcast is not going to make you. You're going to make you. Yeah. If you're not getting invites to be on a podcast, go create your own. Right. You can create anything you fucking want right now. And there's no fucking excuse to, to not be uh, uh, on any platform that you want. K the dog created a huge platform for many local artists, right? Yeah. By talking, by being himself, by being involved. He created that relationship with Angela, the owner of the complex. The complex then seen all this talent and was like, why don't we have these guys in our venue? Right. Right. It was no fucking, it wasn't me. It wasn't anybody else. It wasn't Juggy. It wasn't E-Rock. It wasn't anybody else. But K being focused on an opportunity that he seen for others. 
You yeah. know what I mean? And so when when um when people, you know, when they when they say those things about me selling out or me not being who I am authentically, they don't know what I've done and mm-hmm. what I've been through to get where I'm at. Yeah. And the the reach that n- now I do have, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you also have to Keep in mind that radio is a business at the, at the same time. One hundred percent. I still have a I still have a boss just like anybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I have an artist that is like, "Yo, you should put me on." So you don't go to Subway and be like, "Yo, you guys should do Lamb now." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. really enjoy Lamb, but I you yeah. can't get a Lamb. Nobody nobody wants Lamb sandwiches right no. now. No. Nope. You know what I mean? Like that is that and 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 I don't I don't ever I don't ever fucking come from a place for from anybody where I'm like. Oh, you know who the fuck I am? You know what yeah. the fuck I've been through? Because that, like, that's not that. If anything, what I try to do is I try to educate these guys and ask them, well, where's your press pack? Yep. Where's your music videos? Where can I check your stuff out? And they got fucking four singles and the four singles are fucking remixes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so, and there are opportunities for other people to tap in with other people. Ask these OGs. Ask, ask 100%. The, you know, what, how, how how do I create a press pack? How do I get a good video? Um, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. Like there is, you can even shoot, shoot your own, go fucking invest $1,500 into a good camera yeah. and shoot your own fucking videos. Or hire Waldo. Or hire Waldo. Hit the air Facts. Right? Yeah. There's people like I me agree. where I'm like, I, I'm, I don't ask for money from anybody. I'm like, yo, I'm a creator, your creator. If I believe in you, let's go. Yeah. Right? Like, That's what's so unique about you. Mm-hmm. Because everyone, and, and for good reason, everyone is looking out for themselves. Mm-hmm. But you've always been the type. There's very few people. You. Always been the type. VO. I, I mean, VO is out of the scene now. Yeah. Always was the type to push everybody, no matter what. Yeah. And I always, I always um, thought that was very unique of you two. Because even when me and Steady were doing shows, there were certain people that we wouldn't have on our shows for different reasons. Maybe we didn't like their music or we didn't like the way they moved. They brought the wrong type of fucking crowd. You know what I mean? And we couldn't have that on our name because we were making a a connection or or a relationship with these different venue owners or bookers. So we couldn't have the fucked up shit. You've always been so open to everybody. And uh, again, I'm saying we're going to bounce around a lot. We're going to bounce around a lot. There's a couple of things that I want to uh, piggyback up of. Picky. Wow. The Vizzy's hitting hard. Piggyback <laughs> off of. Um, first, we talked about Jello. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, and if you don't want to talk about this, that's fine. You guys were very tight. The DJ duo. That was the first podcast that I was on. Yeah. And then you had me as a co-host when Jello couldn't make it. We interviewed um, Key One, Mike, yeah. my brother. Um, but what happened? What happened with you two? And if you don't want to get into it, that's fine. I'm down to get into everything, man. Because I, 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 to be honest, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, and then I'm not in the scene as I as much as I was. But I don't, I don't see him um, around. And maybe the pandemic has something to do with it. But I just haven't seen him. Yeah. Right. But I know you guys were very tight. Mm-hmm. You guys DJed a lot of shit together. You guys, um, you know, had your pod, and it was great because you had. The best DJs in Salt Lake, yeah, on there, myself included. Yeah, you put me in the hot seat, and I never use um, uh, 
uh, what was it? DJ, the uh, Serato DJ, Serato DJ, and I yeah. was like, "Fuck, bro, I don't know what I'm doing here." Serato DJ was new during that. It was like brand the new. same year. Yeah, it was brand new, yeah. and I was like, "I just used Scratch Live." I'm like, "All right, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it." That was the year that he got the S9, I think. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So he what? was one of the first DJs to get. It. I think he was the first DJ to get the S9. Jello was, and Mike sold it to him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At Guitar Center, <laughs> yeah. bro. He was my connected Guitar yeah. Center. Mike hooked me up with my fucking uh, the cart. My, yeah. Yep. Me too. Saved my fucking back. Shout out to Kurt Green. Shout out to Silky Johnson. Yeah. Shout out to all the other fucking. He even names came he has. to my house. Like salute to Mike, man. Like I'm telling you, it's a good dude. You too. And before I heard the story about Sebastian pre-recording, <laughs> don't you guys are all in that group. Appreciate you. Nobody can be upset with you. You you're just genuinely good people. But back to Jello. What happened? So Jello and I, man, Jello was my brother, man. Like I, I used to hold it down for Jello so hard, man. Um, he rocked a lot of things out here, and you know, there's some allegations. I wasn't around during a lot of the times, but there was allegations of um, undercutting and and things of that sort. And hold on, what do you mean, like like undercutting DJs. him not getting paid? Oh, him undercutting, undercutting DJs, DJs. Okay. allegedly. That was the, right, that, right, that's right. where a lot of fucking. Um, beef became okay. between him and other DJs around the city. Um, and at the time, I'm not a DJ. At right. the time, I'm 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 a host. Right. Yep. Right. I was just a mic man. Right. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I I, I have I have love for Jello. Um, and we 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 just started party rocking together. I don't even know how I kind of became his DJ. Or maybe it was a it was, had to have been a dog out shit. I think Dayo. Cause Dayo was kind of the the dog him out DJ for the yep, events. I remember. And then Dayo, for whatever reason, I don't know if he left U ninety two or something happened, and um, Jello started picking up those gigs. Okay. And so now I it was me and Jello, and we're at the Bay, and we're we're doing all these things, all these <laughs> the things. Bay. Yeah, Jesus man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the night it got shot up, you can mm. you can ask. It's it's out there, so I'm not. You know, it's out there. Uh, Fresh Ness. <laughs> There was a shooting at the Bay. It was the Yuck Mouth show. Oh, and well, there was a shooting. I mean, what do you expect at a fucking Yuck Mouth show? <laughs> there was a fl- fucking, and we'll get to the, you know, how I met Jello in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Or I guess it's a part of the story. But uh, uh, during the Yuck Mouth show, uh, somebody popped off like five rounds. Pop, pop, pop. I think it was a revolver. I think they cleared the clip. And, um, and, and at the time, somebody threw a water bottle and it hit Ness in the eye. And <laughs> Ness was like, I got shot. <laughs> And I'm like, bro, oh. no, you did it. And Ness is my Ness is our brother. Like Ness is a, yeah, a, a, a cold I play, brother. I played on a flag. Side note: U92 All Stars flag football team. I played with Ness, and he showed up to a game one time, forgot his shoes, got a fucking interception, tried to run it back in the rain and slip. But go ahead, continue <laughs> with your story. So yeah, so Ness is my brother. Like aside from any fucking thing, entertainment, like that's that's my guy. We I feel like the whole fucking Cottonwood High, Cottonwood Colt brotherhood. Like we have. We have a brotherhood. We have a strong pack. And uh, so um, I'm there with Ness, not as a host, not as anything, but that's my brother. And so when he got hit in the face with the bottle, I'm like, yo, he's like, yo, I got shot. <laughs> like, I look at him like, no, you did it. You're good. You're good. Calm down, brother. Was and there was shots still going off. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Um, and Jello was like up top, like worrying about his laptop. He's trying to close oh, his laptop. Yeah. I'm like, get the fuck down. I'm like grabbing him. Fuck your laptop. Yeah, exactly. you're gonna fuck worry it. about yeah, you. I'm about to get shot, bro. Yeah. Get the fuck down. Shit. And um, uh, I forget the 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 model's name. Is it Sheila? Um, Sheila. She was with CSC a lot. She did a lot of modeling and shit. 
Um, fake tits, like she. Sure. I forget her name. She. Sure. I think it was Sheila. <laughs> they, they called her Denali. Nali. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No, I remember. She was yeah. there that night. So like, I I throw Jello down. I throw her down. I'm on top of her during that time. Pause. Okay. And uh, no, no pause needed. Yeah, but you just I'm, I'm allegations now and shit. You know. <laughs> yeah. and so, um, during that time, and and and, and so um, it's just kind of like a fun side story, but. From there, I just really grew a bond with Jello. I was at his house all the time. Yeah. We were, uh, you know, I knew his mom's, his sister. I worked uh, with his sister for yeah, a long time. Adrian, yeah. Yep. Love her. And yep. um, so we, as I'm hosting gigs with him, Circle Lounge was a big one. That was like yeah. the teetering point, right? That was when uh, I was hosting with him out on the patio. And um, there was times where Jello was like, yo, I need to, I need to fucking piss. Like, mm. Transition the song. This 100%. is how you do it. That's the worst part of DJing a whole night. Is you're like, damn, I gotta. Pee. And you gotta think this is this is fucking that that mid two thousand era, mm-hmm. like 2010, 11 or whatever. And uh, no, it's like yeah, about 10, 10, 10 11. Yeah, circle um, lounge. Yeah, in the patio. The patio mm-hmm. was packed. You're talking about like three hundred people out on the patio. Right. Talk about going to the bathroom. You got to walk through that whole fucking crowd mm-hmm. to get to the restroom. So you know. A song's like maybe three minutes. Yeah. So there's yeah. no fucking way he can make it back in time. So nope. he's like, yo, here's how you transition the song. And then slowly I just fucking started doing it. I just learned how to fucking transition the song. I learned how to beat match because he would show me before. Um, like I would do the we would get there at like nine and I would DJ from like nine fifteen to like ten something. Yeah. And it was just me really learning. Right. And um from there, I I Kind of was a student under him, under him, and I kind of did the same thing with Dale too. Like Dale would do the same thing, like, like trans- transition the song and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jello definitely, it, we took it a little bit more serious during that time, and um, so we started just party rocking together. He would, I would open and he would close, and um, it got to the point where. Like we, like I'm, I'm, I'm can really, he, he didn't have no concerns. Like I could really yeah. hold a crowd and I knew how to read a crowd and shit like that. And, um, I'm, I'm the type of dude where I'm like, we need to elevate. It's not enough that we're just DJing the circle lounge every fucking Saturday, Friday and Saturday. What are we doing? Like what's next? Yep. Why aren't we on festivals? We can DJ any fucking genre. Why aren't we on DOS energy? Why aren't we on this, yeah. that, and the third? Why aren't we on these... We're doing, you know, 300, 400 people on a Saturday, but why can't we do 1,400 yeah. at the complex opening for somebody or whatever, yep. right? And so I've always thought bigger, right? And Jello was, he's very okay with what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm the type where I'm like, yo, we need a press pack. We need a website. Like we need to, uh, <laughs> we need to do little fucking short clips of you cutting because you're a fucking dope ass DJ. Yeah. Right? Why are we doing he this is, shit? Was I don't know. He, I'm sure he still does. Oh, it. I mean, once you got it, I don't think it he never loses, leaves. Right? I think he, I'm fucking amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why aren't we doing more? Yep. And so for me, I was like, yo, let's do it. I was like, I got my press pack. I got my bio. I got everything on my end. Mm-hmm. Um, I need you to to get me your bio, get me your your half of the press pack. Never got it, and every weeks never got it. I'm like, finally, all right, man, just send me bullet points. Like, where did you start DJing? Yeah. Who have you opened up for? What are some dope shit about you? And finally, I got him. I had to create the press pack. I created the website. Um, I shot the video. I edited the video of him doing any type of cuts. You know what I mean? Like, 
it got to the point where I'm like, all right, we need to do a mixtape. So we did a mixtape with Maddie Mo, Flex, and uh, Suicide. Mm-hmm. And not me, I remember. Yeah. No, I, I was hot, but it's fine. <laughs> I was hot. And it was, it was dope. And I was like, that's, yeah, was. What we need was. To, that's what we need to do. We need to keep on doing this shit. Like, put our folks on. Like, why? we have tons of dope DJ friends. Why aren't we doing volume one, volume two? Right. Facts. Right. It ain't nothing new. These blueprints have already been there. It's yeah. just, we need to do just it. do it. Right? And so, I'm like, we could be doing something so much more than just DJing at a bar for four hours on a, on a weekend, yeah. right? How do we stay, stay, how do we stay relevant between Monday and Sunday, right? How do we stay relevant between all of that time? How do you make that your job? Exactly. Yeah. And we had every opportunity to do it. I got the dopest fucking, one of the dopest, I'm not going to disrespect anybody, <laughs> one of the dopest DJs in the state right now, and he has no drive, He's okay with being mediocre. He's okay with just kind of showing up and killing a party. I'm not. Yeah. I need more. I need um I need more. So that's when I was like, all right, I'm already kind of doing a podcast. I'm already with Jello um, you know, every weekend. Yep. Let's start this podcast. And so, um, well, let me backtrack a little bit. We had an opportunity to do a radio show with um Power 949. They reached out to us and they were like, hey, um, we like what you guys do because I was heavy on the Internet. Like, yeah, uh, I'm always been heavy on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Wait, remind me. Power Power 949. From, from Utah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Land. That, yeah. Re- yep. So this was the throwback. throwback, the throwback, throwback station. That's yep. when they first okay. came on. Lamb had that that he was I don't know what his involvement was, but he reached he, out to he me. He seemed like he was the at least the face and the the um, working with the community. Because he knew everybody. I don't know what he did either, but... Yeah. yeah so yeah. Cumulus came okay. here. Lamb was involved. Lamb called me one day. He was like, yo, get me a demo. Yeah. And so um, me and Jello, we went into the studio, which, oh, by the way, I painted that whole fucking studio um, pretty much by myself, cleaned up the studio, everything fucking by myself while he mm. didn't do shit. Okay. <laughs> And so it pissed me the fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So gotcha, gotcha. again, like a guy with a bunch of fucking talent, but lazy as fuck, doesn't have yeah. his priorities straight. And so, um, and so Lamb is like, yo, get us, get us a demo. So me and Jello, we go into the studio, we get really fucking creative. We come up with a fucking dope ass fucking intro. Um, I'm like, yo, Jello, throw some cuts here. He throws some cuts in. And um, we created the Wake Your Ass Up show. Yep. Um, you know, homage to the wake uh the wake up show. Um, you know, sway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we came up with that and we were like, once things didn't really pan out with the the radio, um I was like, well, fuck it. Like just keep doing it. We're the creators, like they came to us for a reason. Yeah. Right? Let's keep going. And so then that's when I was like, yo, let's meet up once a week and let's chat. Mm-hmm. And then um we started off audio only. And then um I was like, we need visuals. People People love audio, but we need to get the visuals. And so I went, I purchased two cameras and I purchased tripods. Um, Didn't know anything that I was doing. I had no fucking idea how to work the fucking software or anything. Um, But I jump into it and I learn it as long as, you know, as I go. And um, from there, we, we we're killing it, right? We're having guys on We're you know, we're we're having those conversations. We're having those tough conversations We're Mm -hmm. we're talking, we're having fun and we're giving DJs an opportunity to give a little bit of who they are at the right. end, right? As far as the, uh, them spinning their set, no genre, no rules. You do you, yep. right? And um, 
you know, that went really well. And it got to the point where I was like, okay, let's, let's do more now. Right. Well, now we have the opportunity to have guests. We have a studio, we have a platform. Let's do more. And it, it got a lot, it got to the point where I was like, I could rock a show by myself. Yep. I can carry conversation by myself with yep. other people. A lot of these guys are only here because of me, because they have kind of issues because of some other sure. shit that has happened in the past. What is he doing? I created the press press pack. I created the fucking uh, website. I create, I, I, I run the whole fucking socials. Mm-hmm. Right. So what are you doing? You're just showing up on a Friday and Saturday and killing a party. Yeah. I don't really need that. You know what I mean? Yep. I don't need, I need a partner. I need somebody that's going to pull their weight. Somebody that's going to elevate. Somebody that's going to push me. There always becomes a point in any type of relationship where you kind of outgrow your circle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of that happened throughout my career where I outgrew um, the circle. Right. You know what I mean? That- so that's kind of what happened. It was um, me wanting more, me knowing that, me believing in him, but him not believing in himself. Yeah. And even to this day, like he's, I know he's dope as fuck. I haven't seen him in years. Right. I haven't talked to him in years. Yeah. But I know that he's, I know that he's dope. I know that he's solid. And then, you know, I kind of had a sour taste in my mouth when he brought back the same show. <laughs> but I mean, it was awkward. It, that's, <laughs> and then it was with like Lyric and somebody who I yeah. respected, who I sure. really fucking rode for. Like somebody that I allegedly um, did some dirt for in, in, in like on some like loyalty shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that, that kind of hurt my feelings. And I was like, okay, you couldn't even come up with a different name. Like you just used yep. the same fucking name that I helped build. Use the fucking same intro that I helped build. Yeah. Like, that's fucking corny. It's weird. And so I was like, man, it is what it is. Like you guys are over there. I get it. Um, you know, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of it too had to do with my maturity too. Like mm-hmm. I could have went online. I could have talked a whole bunch of shit, but that's not my character. No. no. You know what I mean? That's not my character. I don't go online and talk a whole bunch of shit. I let people, people's actions will already do that. Yeah. At some point you should though. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> At some nah. point, just fuck it. Why not? No, I'm playing. Yeah, 20, nah. 20 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. we're in our 60s. A&E you know special. what? Fuck that. No. Okay. Even now, like J- Jello's one of my favorite DJs. Like I'm yeah. not, I'm not the type to come on and fucking bash him. I just want it more. I remember, yeah, I remember when I was, um, at hookah for those two years and you were like could you just talk to the owners yeah of course and you gave me that press pack Mm -hmm. and i was like nobody does this like nobody i've ever you know hey check this guy out nobody does that so that and i thought it was just both of you doing that so shout out to you uh i want to give i want to shout out to jello for getting you in dj game and actually letting you rock and then getting you to the point where you can just do your own shit. So, yeah. Salute right. to him. He taught me a lot of dope yeah. shit. He taught me how to, how to read a crowd. He taught me, taught me how to fucking drop fucking interludes and, yeah. and a lot of shit. A lot of my DJ style came from Jello. Read, reading a crowd is this. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of hard things about really DJing, really doing it yeah. right. You have people that, um, that have pre-recorded shit. You have, Ah, the DJ game's so fucked up. But real DJs, after you get your shit down, being able to mix, being able to do everything, reading a crowd is the hardest part. Because from night, so every Friday night, it almost was different for mm-hmm. me. 
some nights it'd be like, I need to just, this is all trap shit. I need to play all Atlanta fucking trap shit. Next weekend, it might be like, hey, I'm playing Pitbull half the night. Yeah. You just have to read it. So I don't know where I'm going with this. That's the hardest part. That's yeah. just dope. Once, you learn to, once you learn to actually DJ, once you learn to blend, once you learn to cut, once you learn to just run a party, fucking reading the crowd is the most important part. And some DJs never get there because some DJs, uh, DJ Request, whatever that fucking movie was where he's on the top of the uh, auto uh, sales place and he's like, I'm DJ Request, don't take no requests. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's real because some DJs are that way. And yeah. I was that way when I first started back in high school. I was like, I'm not playing your shit. Number one, because it was all vinyl and I probably didn't have it. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was expensive. But shout out, shout out to Jello for teaching you that. Even um, to this day, I was talking to Bad Boy Brian today and he sent me a little clip and he... It was a. Uh, it was the clip that uh that's been circling around about the DJ that's fucking like EDM. Uh, it, it's just a fucking corny ass DJ, yeah. right? And I told I told Bad Boy Brian I was like, bro, I don't even consider myself a DJ. Like, I think it's a disrespect for me to be like I'm a DJ when you know you got dudes like Juggy that's fucking on Twitch Out daily, right? Yeah, like putting a lot of effort into the the the. Just the craft. Yeah, exactly. And I honestly, no, I that, that's him. That's what he is. Yeah, he's like, a there, DJ. There's no like, so like me, when I was DJing heavy, I still had a job. I had a regular job. Yeah. Juggy's a fucking DJ. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So I, I don't, <laughs> so whenever I hear like, yo, yo, like, I don't, I don't ever introduce myself as a DJ. I yeah. never do because I respect these guys like the Flexes, like the E Rocks, the Juggies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys that fucking, dedicate their life to this shit you know what i mean and i i i truthfully and honestly cannot say i locked myself in a room and did all this stuff yeah. right i'm that's not me yeah. you know what i mean like i learned how to dj i learned how to well, i learned how to make curate some music and yeah. some playlists and rock a crowd you know what i mean so i would say i'm a performer you know, yeah. I could I could perform. There you go. Um, but by no means I don't want to fucking disrespect these guys by saying I'm a DJ because that, I feel like that puts I don't want to devalue their craft and the the fucking work that they put in. Yeah. Even with Jello, he locked himself in the room and taught himself how to scratch. Now he's sure. fucking one of the dopest fucking scratchers I've ever fucking met. You don't know how much I appreciate that. I was in a long um back and forth uh DM message with one of my friends, and they had put up a a video of you probably seen him on Instagram, this dude with the mask and it's all glittery and he plays um kind of like remixes, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, I've seen um, this. A lot of what I've read about him and what I've noticed is he's not what we're gonna do, uh by the way, for the listeners, we're doing a shot real quick, minus Sebastian. Allegedly. Allegedly. But <laughs> I've been sipping on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um a lot of what I've read and, and then I watch videos on him. I don't remember his name, but He's not doing it. And I've always had a problem with that with, and this is, this is so corny, but model DJs, celebrity DJs who aren't really DJing. And, mm-hmm. you, and, and you can see them live and they're not, they shouldn't even plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> but they're up there pounding their fists. Yeah. They're up there, you know, pretending. So for you to say that and you actually doing it, like yeah. I, I really appreciate that because there was um, years where I'm, in my living room, you know, my mom, my mom worked from 7 a.m. to midnight. I'm in my living room hooking my turntables that she bought me up and my mixer up to this shitty uh, stereo. 
and I'm practicing with vinyl, yeah. carrying vinyls to parties. Fucking like, up all her shit. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> and nobody knows about carrying vinyls anymore because you don't mm-hmm. have to. And and that's great. It's it's um it's totally changed. Serato has is uh, made it easier for people to get into it. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of people haven't paid their dues. I feel like you have paid your dues. But I I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, absolutely. So I would never disrespect um DJs like that because you know, for the long t- for the longest time, I was an MC for a DJ. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I understand that culture. I understand what goes into that. And I would never disrespect the DJ. Not like Nas, where he said that he needs to murder the DJ. <laughs> Go up every radio station, murder, murder the, the DJ. DJ. Not people forget about that. Dead. Yep. Great song. Yeah, man. Mm. All right. We're going to keep moving around, like I said. Keep moving. So thank you t- for having me, Will. No, like, no, thank you for having us. This is a long time coming, bro. It is. It's, it's just dope. It, we're in your studio. Here, I'm re- I, know. I don't know. What, he drove. I invited him. <laughs> I'm just, I'm happy to be the studio audience. Yeah. <laughs> out here. This is He's dope. a great clapper. Nah, this great. is beautiful because I haven't seen Sebastian in, in years. Well, and I was, I was trying years, to think man. the last time I had seen you. It's been a long time. Yeah. Like, I, I talked left to you. you. Right. <laughs> Got another beat. Um... All right, let's let's keep going. Let's keep going. So we talked about Jello. I want to transition into U92 and how that happened. Mm-hmm. I have my thoughts on how it probably happened, but you tell me, how did you get that three to seven Monday through Friday? That's what I want to know. That's what <laughs> a lot of people want to know. Just being ready, man. Just being ready, not stopping, right? Um, you know, I, I, I got approached about a job opportunity. Um, just based upon the the content I was creating, right? right. A lot, and if you look at my content, a lot of my content can be formatted form, formatted into a radio show, mm-hmm. right? With a little bit of coaching, right? And I didn't really see that until I actually got into it, right? I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, like you got, I got approached to fucking apply for a radio, and I applied, and um, I I I did everything they said, and um. You know, uh, creating a demo. I already had a demo ready because I already have all this fucking content. Sure. Yep. I've been doing podcasts for years. I've been doing reaction videos for a long ass fucking time. Yeah. I've been talking about news stories for a long ass time. Right. So a lot of my segments have already been there. Yeah. And um, it was just them having a need and me having content. Right. You know what I mean? When you have a need and you have content. It just makes sense. Yeah. When you, know you say I mean? when you say them, was it Eroclips reaching out to you or who reached out to you to be like, hey, yeah, would you like to have a show? Yeah, so Erock. So okay. um it was like during that time when uh I think Erock I forget, I think it might have been Kevin, who was the program director, and then Erock ended up being program director. And then when you whenever you and I'm learning, I'm very new to all this radio shit. Right. because uh, I'm not a radio guy. You know I mean? I'm not a radio, I'm a podcast yeah. guy. Yeah. Um but once uh, e became program director. It's like a coach, right? Yep. Or an NBA team owner. You need to rebuild your fucking franchise. Mm-hmm. And so when you're building your team, um, E has always, we've always been friends. You know, we've always followed each other and I've always supported not only him, but the radio station. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of people m- may feel a, a certain way about the radio station. And I feel like it's because of their own need and their own want. Right. And I get it. If you're a rapper and you're like, I want to be on the radio, 
but the radio isn't giving you a look or, you know, you're not making enough noise to get a look. I get it. Yeah. But I've never been that guy. Um, one, because I understand how small our city is. I mean, we talked about it off air. Yeah. We've talked about some, you know, um, bump of shoulders with people that you might have a problem with. The chick right? Sebastian didn't mess around with it and it got him in all kind of trouble. Allegedly. That was, that was before. That, we yo, that's not even real, man. <laughs> That's never not happened. a realist. Never happened. Anyways, never, back, never go happened. ahead. I apologize. This is you interviewing Dre. <laughs> but uh, so I, I've never been the type to 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 shit on anybody. Um, I mean, and if I did shit on you, I apologize. Accidental. Yeah, I mean, it might have been a shot. But, okay, okay. Yeah. A shark. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've never been the, the type to be like, ah, fuck this, fuck that. I've always showed support. Actually, it was crazy because like four years ago, I was looking on my memories on Facebook and four years ago was the Chris Brown Tiger uh, Kid Ink show Mm -hmm. and they brought him for Summer Jam. And I was nowhere near affiliated with U92, but I looked at that post and it was like excitement because I had had hosted uh, the Kid Ink show, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A couple years before. And so I was like, yo, I've seen Kid Ink, I've seen Kid Ink perform and uh, he's really dope. And I've never seen Chris Brown perform. This is like the first time Chris Brown's in Salt Lake City, but I love Chris Brown. Yeah. This is dope. Salute to you, 92, for you know, even trying to get this on. Like, yeah. it was a big deal for me. And uh, to look back at four years ago and see that same passion in 2021, I was like, damn, that's crazy. Like, that's dope. So, yeah, I mean, he, I was ready. Um, there, there became a job opportunity. Um, and when you get approached to apply for something, um, that you have, that you wrote down as a, as Kid. a kindergartner, yep. that yeah. my dream was to be on radio. Um, why not? Yep. Why not fucking just do it? You know what I mean? Like that, 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 and people can say whatever the fuck they want. At the end of the day, it's my choice. Yeah. Um, we all know that radio isn't forever. You know what I mean? That's why I'm not out here being like, oh, I'm on U92, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, nah, like, I'm doing this thing right now, and it's cool. Um, if I can get some opportunities while doing it, I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, you know, the Young OG Perspective was uh, the first podcast that I ever had on my podcast. That was right. a dope one. And they were the first creators that I had on my Creative Corner segment that I created for U92. Yeah, that was dope. And I've so, and, and, and so, uh, you know, when when people, when artists, because Bangarang has the Beehive music section. He's put on yeah. a lot of fucking artists on that shit. K the Dog being one of them, right? Santos Guzman, uh, Wasabi, like so many different uh, artists have been on his shit. I don't want to step on his toes and, and now do music. Mm-hmm. So I, I was thinking, I was like, how can I, how can I reach back out to my community that I love? I'm really into our creators. That is a... a um, uh, section section that hasn't yeah, been yeah. tapped right yeah. nobody has put a creator on right nobody has mm-hmm. put on a videographer nobody's put on another podcast right right mm-hmm. i did yeah and and if if everything fucking look at ernie gone fishing <laughs> um if pacers if, just lost by the way yeah pacers oh, they, oh yeah they got their ass whooped Smashed. um Smashed. but if everything stopped if 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 i got that call in and he rocks like yo you gotta come into my office yeah right and i get that that conversation about hey uh we gotta part ways if that happened tomorrow i'd be ecstatic i'd be fine yeah why because i did what i sought out to do which is put on for my city and put on from my homies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 
even down to like calling you and be like, yo, fuck the Orlando Magic and putting that <laughs> shit on air. Like I've done that shit. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. I've done everything that I've sought out to do t- while I'm in the position that I am. Right. So that's kind of, long story long, that's how I got into you. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I want to touch on real quick because you, you've come up with a pretty fun segment, and I didn't know you were half uh, Mexican. I had no it's idea. Puerto Rican. What? I'm just playing. Okay. <laughs> I said, well, I swear I've watched all these fucking videos. <laughs> well, Sebastian's here. I'm Colombia. Yeah, yeah. Colombiana. Yeah, you know. Um, but the the no habla Dre Spaniel with Angel. Love that. Segment. And I haven't met Angel yet. We've talked on Instagram and he seems like a genuine, genuinely funny dude. Yeah, he's a good like guy. he's just that's just him. Yeah. So um that's very fun and creative of you to come up with that and have him join because he's like you said, he's a creative from um oh my man, my mind just other side of the beehive. Other yeah, side, yeah, side of the beehive. So that was really dope for you to do. I just wanted to point that out. I want to get into real quick the local music scene and how you've seen it progress. Mm-hmm. Right. So, oh, nine, oh, ten. I mean, you got in with SEM. Me and Steady started doing stuff heavy. Oh, nine, ten kind of stopped after that. What do you, uh, besides obviously streaming platforms and different things, shit like that, what do you think has changed with the local scene? Because you have guys like Kay. You have guys like Bobby, um, the whole ghost, every, all the everybody yeah, the there, family, everybody. We talked about the uh, the cat, the R and B, help me, Heva. Yes, yeah. And it's like almost like sons of B side. Shout out to B side yeah. for being the father to this new generation, almost. Yeah, in a way. But what do you think has changed? Because I mean, we talked about being on radio. Me and Steady never thought that we would ever make the radio. And there was different reasons for that. We thought well, our music was good. We didn't think that we would make the radio. Kevin Cruz, I don't know. And then he's your boss. I'm sorry. I won't even. Kev, Kevin's not on you. Okay, great. Anymore. Yeah, he ain't in Broadway. Kevin uh, managed Chino yeah. back in the day. So, Ch- And not to say Chino's not talented and brisk. Didn't fucking make beautiful music with Chino. That's how Chino uh, got on United 2. Kevin, in a sense, managed him. Yeah. We always knew that that wasn't for us. But where, how, do you, how do you think the local scene has transformed since you've gotten into it? Well, first, when you said, when you talked about that, the 09, 010, I just realized that Mike's battled on Dog Em Out. Dog Em Out. Yep. That's, got, that's when I first met you because yeah. he, he battled a shit. Was I don't it Dre Day? Dre no. Day. Was it Dre Day? And the first round, Mike choked yeah. incredibly. But the second round, he murdered him yeah and it wasn't even any discussion like okay the second the second verse like forget about it yeah but that's when i first met you yeah uh, and that that goes back to giving back that goes back to putting people on before yourself right right we had a segment with booker on dog em out where um man for all the youngsters man dog em out.com was a platform for for a competition yep it was we we ended up doing rap battles um, Synchro Nice helped out tremendously with that, or Cabino Grimes. Can we just clap for Synchro yeah. real quick? Yeah, love that guy. For what he's done for the scene and this whole time. Yeah. But go ahead. Sorry. Absolutely. And shout out to the Friday Night Fallout, a staple mm-hmm. here in Salt Lake City. Um, but, you know, when, when you guys, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but like the whole fucking time, man. Like Mike, this was like chubby Mike at the time. This oh, he Mike. steady, steady was 
big. <laughs> now he's putting up like seventy five, like you know, easy dumbbells, dumbbells bars and pars, yeah. bars bro. and pars. That's what he's about now. But he can still he can still spit. He just doesn't do it. I really wish. I, Listen, we'll we can we'll talk, talk about that offline. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> offline uh, is sales with. I feel like in 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 our day, not to sound like an old head now, yeah. But in our day, it was there were some there were some barriers, right? Mm-hmm. You had to know somebody with a studio. Yep. You had to know um, a, a bar owner or a promoter, right? Um, so I don't ever. I, I hate to, and I've probably done it in the past to compare then and now. Yeah. Um, I feel like. Then was then at its top, right? It was at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both have pros and cons. Then you can catch a show any day of the week. Every day. Any Fucking day of the crazy. week. Right? Urban, Five Monkeys. Moe's. Moe's. Um, Saltaire from opening Sound. for Bigger Acts. Sound. Yeah. Everywhere. Metro. Yep. Everywhere. You could, hotel. Like, yeah. so many different opportunities um, for live music during that time were were prevalent, mm-hmm. and now you don't see a Monday show, you don't see a Tuesday show, you don't see a Wednesday show. You have to wait until Friday, maybe a Thursday. Yeah, Friday, Saturday. That's that's when they they that's when they give us a show. So in in our gen, you know, in our day, that was the pro mm-hmm. is that you could catch a show. It gives you a chance to fucking work out that set on Tuesday. And work it out to to be perfected by Friday for your big show exactly yeah and so that 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 was awesome back in the day um, now I think technology is a huge benefit for our guys now right um, not only are they able to record at their own fucking leisure they're actually able to learn how to mix and master themselves mm-hmm. they don't have to wait for nobody yeah. And that goes that goes beyond our musical artists. That goes to creators in general. Mm-hmm. We don't have to rent out a studio. We can go fucking record in our living room. Right. We can record in our basement. We That's can what record. I do. <laughs> and 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 it's beautiful. Yeah. Right. And um, that's the big difference. I feel like is is technology. I wouldn't say this generation is better than the last. I would say that this generation has no excuses. Right. There's there's zero now. No, and you don't need a damn soul. You nope. don't need any big monster behind you to fucking go. Um, I think Russ kind of proved that, mm-hmm. right? Tech Nines kind of proved that, yeah. right? And and I feel like uh, you don't need you really don't need a promoter. I mean, look at look at what K did with right. the Utah Verse, right? He got a good relationship with the owner. Mm-hmm. And that's what we forget, man. You have to have those relationships. You get have a good, to. Get a good relationship with, um, with a podcast. Get a good relationship with a graphic designer. Get a good uh, relationship with a videographer. Get a good relationship with anybody else that you want around you. Right. Right? If you have a vision of starting a clothing brand, get a good relationship with the fucking fabric, you know, right. fucking pusher. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like... All of that is right here in your hands, able to do now. Um, and these guys now, man, they have a lot of fucking talent, man. They and got a lot of talent. An incredible amount. When, I, when, incredible, when you sent me man. Kay's album September, maybe mm-hmm. last year, I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. 
It's and solid. I probably sat on it. I, I honestly probably sat on it for a week and didn't even listen to it. Then I was let, like, let me cut. Not to cut you off, yeah, but yeah, go ahead. I sent I sent Nate that same album. Mm-hmm. Nate was on the radio. I was yep. like, yo, Nate, you gotta check this K album out. You gotta check out K the Dog. You gotta get him on far, uh, Friday Night Fallout. He is incredible. It was the wrong number. Dang. He never gave me his updated number. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. No, no. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, you sat on it. I sat but you on listened it. Listen to it eventually. Really good. Really good. And K seems like a very stand up dude. I, I again, I haven't met him in person. We've talked from time to time on um, Instagram, but I'm excited to interview him and meet him. Um, one thing that I wanted to that you touched on, you need to build relationships when you're an artist. That was the one thing that me and Steady, we had a, we, call him our, we called him our manager. He was one of my best friends since before kindergarten. He ended up building relationships with different venue owners. And so once we got on our first big show, I put that in air quotes, they noticed that we would hustle, we would sell, and, I, and, and this may be totally different from what it is right now, but back then we would sell our tickets. They would cut us off whatever we agreed upon, and then we would, we would perform. But the people we brought to our shows, there was no bullshit. There was never any problems. Minus our, um, my very first show that I ever put on, and I'm lucky to even have shows after that. But I, See, I everybody about, got one problem. I talked yeah. about that a lot. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was the people I put on. Yeah, I remember um, you talking yeah, about it. But, but I think that's the biggest thing with a lot of new artists or, or newer people in, the, in Salt Lake, and I think Kay's done that really well. But always make sure that you build relationships with these people that can put you on, but then in turn, you can put your people on. Because mm-hmm. that's what we did a lot of the time. We would open up for these big artists. We opened up for, <laughs> we opened up for Game. Yeah. We Ooh. opened up for Nas. Damn. Guru from Gangstar. Damn. And then I just want to say- ga- Game was complex, right? Game was uh, Saltaire. Oh, okay, yeah. This is like- Nas what? was, comp- Nas was uh, Depot, sorry. What year is the game? Game's 2010. That's, LAX. That's big. Yeah. Nas? No, no, no. And then I just want to put this out there. And then anyone can debate me from 9 to end of 10, nobody was fucking with our live shows. And I'm, I, this isn't a podcast about me. But I'm just going to be very clear. Game, Nas, Guru, Jedi Mind Tricks, Nappy Roots, Be Real, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, I can keep going. Nobody was doing it, but it was because we, we did it very professionally. We worked with the, whatever promoter it was. And at times you have to take your lumps, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and by that, I mean, you may sell, and I don't, again, I don't know how it is now. Back then we would sell tickets Mm -hmm. and we work out a deal. All right. I sell these tickets for game, for example, 30 bucks. I get $5 from every ticket. We sold almost 100 tickets to game. And as just like an opener, right? We went on right before Chino for real. Bone Thugs, same way. All these other shows, same way. So as long as you can create a, a relationship with these promoters and these people that are actually bringing the big acts here, that's where you're going to get all your shit. You can do local stuff, and that's very, very dope to put on for your own people. But in order to do that, you have to show and prove for these bigger shows. And, and again, it may be different now. Yeah. I don't know. It may be different. I, uh, I would say as well is that, like, just to be fucking blunt and frank, 
our city is so fucking small. You never know who's going to end up where. Yeah. Right. So treat people right, man. Exactly. Don't be a dickhead to anybody. I, I, I did. Sh- I used, we used to do shows when we were first coming up and the headliner, right? Whoever it may be. Honestly, a lot of the shows we got when we very, very first got on was because of lump sum. It was because of MC anyone. But the headliner might be a dickhead to the promoter. Mm-hmm. Never saw those motherfuckers again. No. So it's all about relationships, all about how you conduct your business. But again, it may be different now. Yo, Wonder, let me, let me ask Dre a question. Because you know I can hijack the show talking too much. And that's why I've been quiet. Because <laughs> I can go and all of a sudden they're like, who Listen, did why we you do, why, why you do that? I'm going to run in the restroom because I've <laughs> had four shots. And, okay, I'll, I'll wait back. for you to be back. Uh, no, 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 go ahead. Hey, go ahead, hey go ahead. allegedly. Allegedly. Because <laughs> you've been in it for a long time, bro. And yeah. obviously I've known you for a long, long ass time. Yeah. Always been positive. Always been putting on for people. You've seen what the music was before when we were like in high school times, right after this. I'm seeing all these dudes in IG pop up. You guys keep talking about K the Doc. I haven't met him either, but I've told you I hear him and mm. I see an artist like somebody that I know from another city like a real official guy that I'm like, wow, this guy's got it. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling right now with these Salt Lake artists that now I'm like, before I've, I'd, I'd kind of feel like I'm like, okay, you got your New York guys, your LA guys, we got your Salt Lake guys, and maybe they weren't, I don't want to disrespect nobody, but maybe everybody didn't see them at the same level. But I think somebody could look at artists from another town and look at Salt Lake artists and be like, yo, those are real, real dudes putting on. Yeah. My question to you is, because I value your opinion, I know people will, you seen what this was 10 years ago. You see what it's now. What's this music scene going to be like 2030, 2031? What's that Salt Lake City? What are you thinking? Okay, we are going to stop there. Again, I'll drop part two of the Dre Rocket interview along with an update on the NBA playoffs on Friday. Until then, enjoy your week. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts said apple music last time which was a a slip of the tongue if you will um and follow me everywhere else follow the pod on instagram at the will wonder pod and you can follow me on twitter at dj will wonder see y'all friday peace